Welcome to the Alpha Dude Podcast with Michael Pulser. What would it be like if you knew that you were unstoppable and you could live life on your terms? Better yet, how good would it feel knowing that on your deathbed, you had fulfilled all your potential and more? Life on Earth has a beginning and an end. It's what you do in the middle that counts. Let's look at how to make that part even better. Depression is when you have feelings of severe despondency and dejection, and it happens to a massive proportion of the population, famous, non-famous, and everyone in between. Famous writer of the Harry Potter books said that it's so difficult to describe depression to someone who's never been there because it's not sadness. I know sadness. Sadness is to cry and feel. But it's that cold absence of feeling, that really hollowed out feeling. From someone who wasn't famous, they said that what they don't tell you about depression is that sometimes it feels a lot less like sadness and a lot more like the emotional equivalent of watching paint dry. It's all based around the concept of hope. And without hope, we have hopelessness. And in this sad state, it just destroys people from the inside out. So if you're going through what they refer to as clinical depression, which is based on a myriad of symptoms that they use the DSM-5 to diagnose, then make sure you're getting the professional help that you need. I do work with people who have mental health issues, but I always make sure that they're well supported by professionals. With that being said, let's bring on a case study, and I'll call this guy Joe. So Joe came and saw me and he said that he was seeing a psychologist and he was going through depression, but he wasn't making any progress. Now, obviously, I said, do not stop seeing your health professionals because that is the foundation. But I'll add some advice and tips and see what it does to help. Now, he went on to explain about he'd been doing some CBT with the psychologist, which is brilliant and that the CBT had left him with some affirmations, and the affirmations was that he was powerful, that he he was happy, and he could do anything. And he would tell tell himself these things over and over again. The problem was that after a while, the changes that started to happen weren't positive, they were negative. He actually started to feel worse about himself. And so as we started to unpack that, we found that, Not only was he telling himself something that he didn't believe, but knowing that he didn't believe it and it was him that was saying it, he was now a liar as well as depressed. So he felt even worse about himself. So this is where we took a step right back and if of the system. And that's where we look at how the mind works and how we seldom think in thought processes. More so, we think in questions. So in explaining this, we unpack the way that he thinks and when something goes bad, he often catastrophized and said, why does this always happen to me? And from that, he got hundreds of bits of unconscious information that fed down consciously until he realised he had this pervasive low mood. Reverse engineering the process, we looked at what some powerful questions are which he could take control of his life. Some things like, what about today could be amazing? In which ways 
could today be better than yesterday? Asking himself these questions with a focus on number one, being an open-ended question. Number two, being realistic. Number three, not setting off the BS filter, not lying to yourself. Number four, being based on possibility. And number five, rhetorical, asking themselves the question without necessarily giving a conscious answer and moving straight on to the next question allows for unconscious processing. And through a time period of asking himself these sort of questions, he was able to move forward and started to notice little subtle shifts in his life. And it only took a little while, perhaps a few weeks, until he started to notice that on most days he didn't feel awful. In fact, he started to feel kind of normal. And then I told him to continue to work with his psychologist and then when he came back to me, we started to look at more of the personal upgrade and that's looking at how you can do the additions and add-ons and the things that really help you to grow and stand out and fulfil your potential. But this is only possible once you've got over all of the rubbish that's happening. So if you're interested, I do do coaching from time to time. It's definitely not a full-time thing or even a part-time thing, but I do, I do a little bit of mentoring, but I currently don't have any openings for that because mentoring is a long-term process. I do some coaching, and if you feel like you'd benefit from working with me, just reach out, let me know, and we'll have a conversation. But otherwise, if you're in a really dark spot, just remember, one day at a time, seek professional help, and that it does get better. People are often in a depressed place because of the journeys that they've walked on and the ways they've responded to it. And our next coach and guest, Becky, is here to discuss her journey and how she overcame the challenges in her life and how she can help you to overcome your challenges. Here's Becky. Hi, everyone. My name is Rebecca Shalaga, but you can call me Becky. I am a success mindset coach for female entrepreneurs, but this career is one that I only began to identify with just this year. Before, I definitely did not have a success mindset or really even know anything about mindset and how important it was. However, after overcoming a long series of unfortunate events, I realized that there was way more to life than merely existing. All that time, I thought that I had been living the life that I was meant to live and really had no choice in the matter of how I lived it. While I didn't necessarily believe that life was completely planned out for you, and you just spend it going through the motions. I also didn't really believe that you could do much to change what was handed to you. I don't really know when I started to believe that. I don't remember the exact moment in my life when I said to myself, well, this is just how it has to be, so you're going to just have to try and make the best of it. I do know that when I was a kid, I believed that anything was possible, and I mean anything. I had a wild imagination, and there was no limit to what my mind could think up. I dreamed about being a singer 
or a writer or an actress or an artist and so many other creative things. But there came a point in my life when every last one of these dream life thought bubbles popped. You see, my mother, God bless her, did not believe that these were real careers. She convinced me that if I was going to succeed in life, that I needed to get my head out of the clouds and sink back into reality. I needed to continue my education and get a nice practical job. I needed to make a decent amount of money and save for retirement. Basically, I needed to live her life in order to succeed or be considered successful. While I still dabbled in singing and writing and acting and creating, little by little, it became less of a priority in my life and more of just a fanciful hobby that I had in the background of my real life. It is probably not a coincidence then that I started to become exceedingly unhappy. And the more I continued to imagine my dream life of singing, writing, acting, or creating, the unhappier I got. I yearned for those things and those desires to come to fruition, but at the same time felt extremely guilty for wanting those things because it wasn't real, it wasn't practical, and I would be a disappointment if I didn't succeed. I truly believed that if I actually pursued any of the things that I wanted to do, rather than what I was supposed to do, that I would be a failure in life. So I put them on the back burner and tried to keep my feet planted firmly on the ground where they belonged. It wasn't long until I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety. This might as well have been where the judge and Dory had decided that I was guilty and sentenced me to death. Between my parents more or less killing my spirit of imagination and being extremely overprotective throughout my teenage years, I decided to do what any pissed off teen would do and did the exact opposite of whatever they wanted me to. I moved out as soon as I could. I decided I wasn't going to college. I would get odd jobs and quit after a few weeks when I was bored with it. I would party all of the time. I'd pay my bills if I felt like it. And I would basically just do whatever the hell I wanted whenever the hell I felt like it. None of this really made me happy, mind you, but it did make my parents sort of wonder where they had gone wrong, and that brought me some sense of satisfaction. In my lifestyle of not giving a shit, it should come as no surprise that I attracted people into my life that had the exact same values. And then I met a boy in that life, and I was infatuated with him, and I would do just about anything for him. This included driving myself from Pennsylvania to Florida to see him after he moved there one day without even telling me he was leaving. He said he didn't tell me he was moving because he knew he would never go if he had had to tell me that we couldn't be together anymore, that it would have broken his heart to leave me that way. And I just thought that that was the sweetest thing I had ever heard. So I got myself down there as soon as possible. Honestly, this wasn't the first person to ever manipulate me, and it certainly wouldn't be the last. In fact, my life quickly spiraled out of control after my little trip to Florida. I found out I was pregnant soon after. I was 19 and definitely not ready for a kid, but I felt like it was my duty to live with the hand that I was dealt. Shockingly, he did not want any part of this and made himself scarce 
if he was even around at all. After having the baby, I began to experience postpartum depression. And instead of anyone trying to get me help when I expressed the way that I was feeling, we all decided that it would be for the best if my daughter was taken away from me since I couldn't handle it. My aunt, who couldn't have kids, had offered to adopt the baby from the beginning if I had decided that I wasn't ready for motherhood. So, this was the arrangement agreed upon, and at the time for me, it really seemed like the best option that I had because I really didn't feel stable. In my instability, I turned to drinking. Like, a lot. At first, it had been just to numb the pain, but it eventually got to the point where I really liked who I was when I was inebriated. I had always been really introverted and struggled with connecting to people, but when I was drinking, I was electric. I met my next serious boyfriend in this stage of my life, and when within three or four months, we were engaged. He also had me convinced that I should never have given my aunt my daughter, and all of my friends at the time agreed. What did I know? I was 20 years old and mentally sick at the time when I had made the decision. But now, I was the ripe age of 21 and not quite as mentally sick as I had been. So I decided that they were right. Let's just say that I was not met with an overwhelming understanding or kindness when I had the discussion with my aunt about wanting to overturn my previous decision of letting her adopt my daughter. I was told that I would not be getting her back, and furthermore, I was no longer allowed to see her then either. For the sake of time here, I'll just tell you that the next two and a half years were spent in and out of court, me versus my entire family in the battle over custody of my daughter. I learned very quickly what my entire family thought about me. I heard all of the awful things that they had to say about me my character, my life, and all of my mental instabilities. And if you've ever walked into a room where you knew everyone had just been talking about you, that had become my entire life anytime I went to a family event to see my daughter. The room would get quiet as soon as I walked in. No one would sit near me or talk to me or even look at me. It was excruciatingly painful. These people that I thought loved me and were supposed to love me were certainly not acting like they loved me. And meanwhile, while all of this was going on, the relationship with my fiancé had become volatile. He was extremely abusive in every single way imaginable, but I didn't really see it at the time. Or I didn't want to see it. Eventually, my friends were gone, my family had been gone as far as I was concerned, and all I had left was this man who beat me down and broke me. As broken as I was, I did manage to get out of that relationship. But it only led to an abusive relationship with myself, where I punished myself by drinking copious amounts of alcohol, intaking all sorts of drugs imaginable, and going home with just about any guy who would have me. If nothing else, I was just sort of hoping that I would not wake up one morning. Then, when that didn't work, I took matters into my own hands and actually attempted to take my own life. While this entire experience did change me, it wasn't the experience that turned my life around. 
It wasn't until five years after that when I was getting to a point where I was beginning to feel suicidal yet again. And I was lying on my bathroom floor crying and wondering what on earth I kept doing wrong. Suddenly, I had this epiphany. I looked back over all of my years and I found this common denominator in every horrible moment. My whole life had been spent thinking in the negative, expecting the absolute worst, and constantly dooming myself at every single turn along the way. I had never believed that I was deserving of anything but the worst, and I never thought that I could possibly live my life any differently because this was who I was. But I started wondering if I was able to convince myself of all these negative things and get all these negative things in return, then perhaps if I could convince myself of positive things, then I might get positive things in return. I don't know that I actually believed at the time that that was possible, but there was a part of me that knew I had to try something different, whether I believed it or not. So that's just what I did. I cut myself off from the world and worked on nothing else but my own self-improvement. I would go to work every day, but every other waking moment was spent on learning every trick and technique I could to improve my state of mind and thus my quality of life. I no longer cared about anything else but making myself a better person and making my life feel like it was worth living. It was then that I realized that I had never really been living, at least not since I was a little kid living in that world of a million possibilities. I had only been existing. I spent every day just going through the motions and trying to do all of the things that I was supposed to do. I had eventually gone to college and even went to grad school. I got a job in my field of study and started excelling in that job. I started saving money for a rainy day and for retirement. I was actually doing fairly well from an outside perspective. But inside, I was dead. I hated my life and I was miserable living in the shell of a human being that I had become. This is why I had ended up yet again feeling like it was time to end everything and lying on my bathroom floor having an existential crisis. When I started going through this personal development journey, it literally changed everything for me. I started valuing myself, I started liking and then even loving myself. I started looking at my past trials and tribulations not as failures, but rather as lessons. I gave myself grace for those moments, knowing that I had done the best that I could with what I knew at the time. I started realizing that there was much more to life than the everyday, routine bullshit we convince ourselves is life. Life was bigger and much more meaningful than that. It's not like I had the answer to the meaning of life or anything but I found a better path that might eventually lead me to that answer. I started to become more spiritual and connected to myself on a higher level. And the more that I did all of this work and started discovering all of these things about myself and about life, the hungrier I became for more. I just wanted to keep growing and evolving. And it became clear that that was what life was about more than anything else. I had allowed someone else's beliefs about life control my own, and then I stunted my own growth by never questioning these beliefs and instead just followed them blindly. Through this entire process, I realized that I was meant for way more than I was giving myself credit for. 
I became connected to that little girl again who had thought that the possibilities were limitless and that my imagination and creativity were some of my best assets. I tapped into that part of my brain again and awakened that sleeping giant that I had shoved way into the back in the dark recesses of my mind. It was then that I knew I had a calling to help others and teach them that there was more for them than they were giving themselves credit for too, and that there was an endless world of possibilities. As a woman, I knew I wanted to help other women because we have a tendency to feel repressed and destined to live some type of life of servitude. I wanted to help make clear to these women that it doesn't have to be that way. And at any time, you can choose exactly what you want to do with your life and how you want to live it. Yeah, you can choose. The idea that we have a choice in life was a concept that I had never believed in, but had now become my reality. And I want every woman to make it their reality too. So no matter what else happens in life, I plan to continue growing and evolving. I want to reach a higher level of consciousness and find more of the answers. But you don't do that by playing small and focusing on that mundane, everyday bullshit in life. You do that by questioning everything and admitting that you don't have all the answers and you don't have everything figured out. Life is better when you can just admit that you don't have a clue what you're doing and you really take the time to figure that out. If you are unhappy with life as it is, then I promise you that you need to start thinking about life in a different way. And what do you really have to lose at this point if you're already unhappy? If you want a happier, more positive life, then you can't keep thinking in the way that brought you to this unhappy, more negative life. So isn't it worth trying something different just for the sake of possibly getting a different outcome? It certainly was for me and it paid off big time. So folks, if you feel inspired to make positive changes in your life, then I highly encourage you to start taking those steps and just take them one at a time as they come. For any women out there who are thinking that they want more out of life and know that they were meant for more in life, I think you and I need to chat. You can find out more about me and my story on my blog at www.complementary.com and that's complimentary. C-O-M-P-L-I-M-E-N-T-A-L-R-Y.com. Or if you would like to discuss how I can help you drastically improve your life, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram as Rebecca Shalaga, R-E-B-E-C-C-A-S-C-H-E-L-I-G-A. And also book a call with me there. Until then... It's time to stop existing and start living. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If so, rate it from the place you downloaded it. For any questions, send an email to michaelpulser at gmail.com.